You know what, Sam? What? The Carolina Hurricanes are on their way to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yes, they are. Coming to you from the heart of Canes country, this is the Caniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes. Hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we are back with another episode of the Caniac Report. We've hoped you have had a good week. And I'm back. And yes, Sam, you are back. How was Florida? It was good. Ironic. I was in Florida for the weekend while you interviewed the Florida Caniac. Yeah, that is ironic. But hey, it, 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 I think it was good. Did you listen to that episode? I was sitting in the room when you were chatting with him, so that was it. Was a good interview. Oh yeah, it was. Um, you need to go listen to it because I love the one-liner that I came up <laughs> myself. I, I do. I, I know people might not um, like it, but I liked it. That was the most. To <laughs> so me, that's the most important yourself, thing. Huh? Yes, I did. So not that easy, is it? No, it's not, but it's worth it. So what we'll do, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, we go through some NHL news, and then we'll get to some Canes news, and then we'll get to the Canes games. We have quite a few of Canes games to get to because the schedule's really been ramping up, and the Canes are on a very tough stretch. In full disclosure, we're doing starting this before we play Toronto and Boston. So we're going to talk about the Rangers games first. One was good, one was not. And then we're going to sit down, because we're doing this on a Saturday, and watch the Hurricanes take on the team from up north. And then we're going to take on the evil Boston Bruins tomorrow. We'll be there for Whalers night. Yes, we will. So uh, first news I wanted to get to is Jared Bednar, who is the head coach for Colorado, got a three-year extension. Uh, Great move. I think he is a very great coach. Yeah. No problem there. Nope, that's a good move. Good for Colorado. I mean, what'd you expect? He won you a cup. They're not stupid like Washington was and let their head coach go after they won the Stanley Cup. Only team I know to let their, their Stanley Cup winning coach go at the end of the season. You want to talk about pure stupidity? The Avalanche did the opposite of pure stupidity. They hired, they rehired their Stanley Cup winning coach. Well, I think the full, full-blown management there, I mean, it's led by Joe Sack. Who's their general manager? I think they have a great culture down uh, in Colorado, and it shows they have a great team. Yeah, they have one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, if not the best team. Well, until they lose in the playoffs, they are the best team in the National Hockey League, the defending Stanley Cup champions. So I'm not, you know, it's a good move. Good move for them. Good for them. Joe Sackick, one of the greatest hockey players of all time. Um, And I just, I love to see, I like to see Colorado do well. I like their team. I like the organization, and I just, at this point, I just wish Carolina kind of would make some of the similar moves, but oh well. Well, we've we've already discussed about this in previous episodes with the trade deadline, all that type of stuff. So, yes. Another piece of NHL news that got a lot of fans upset uh, is that the NHL is now switching from Adidas to Fanatics for the NHL Uniforms I, partner. I, I don't care. <laughs> I, 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 I don't care. At all. I've heard a lot of complaints about that. I still don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't care. It's not that big of a deal. People want to whine. Look, pe- like we're going to talk later, people are going to find something to cry and whine about. There's just another thing they're going to find to cry and whine about. They don't like it, so they're going to go whine, cry, and moan about it. It's not a big deal. I have a Fanatics jersey. I like it. It's my Nino jersey. It's one of my favorites. Who cares? Not a big deal. Oh, I have my Stadium Series jersey. That's Fanatics. It's a good jersey. Oh, it was? I, yeah. It was Fanatics? Yeah, I didn't know I, that. I like it, too. I don't have a problem with it. I've never ordered from Fanatics, so I don't really know much. I mean, even if you buy stuff within, like, the eye or whatever you go and buy, best, you know, Dick Sporting Goods, whatever. Uh, a lot of times stuff they have there is Fanatics. You can either buy, like, a Fanatics Breakaway or whatever. So now it's just all going to be Fanatics. Look, I don't have a problem with it. If you want to cry and whine about it, if it makes you feel happy about it, go ahead. I don't care. I, you're not going to upset me about it. Good Lord. I have more important things to concern myself when it comes to the National Hockey League and the Carolina Hurricanes than I do about a stupid jersey <laughs> company. Who cares? Oh, come on, man. No, don't, don't waste my time. <laughs> don't waste my time crying about it. Not a big deal. Who cares? Your team's still good. 
Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see what happens with the next 10 years with Fanatics, but, I mean, they're a retail company that's just very huge right now, yeah. so. And you never know, you might get jerseys now at cheaper prices, because Fanatics in general is cheaper, so they might bring down prices some, you never know. Yeah, well, I think I think the reason why fans are upset is because they've gotten poor quality ones, and ones that the names um, aren't um, projected um, clearly onto the uh, jerseys. So return it. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, thanks. People make mistakes. All companies make mistakes all the time. Not the end of the world. Again, I like my my fanatic jersey. I did have a bad jersey from them once, but it, at the end of the day, it was my own fault. I didn't take it out of the bag for a while because I bought it in the off season, so I never used it or looked at it. So, no. oh, interesting. Yeah, All right. it's not. It was again my fault. If I had seen it sooner, I could have returned it and got a new one. Okay, well, uh, the next piece of news, this is when we get into Hurricanes news, is that the Hurricanes have officially clinched the playoffs with a loss against the Rangers. Funny, it took a loss for them to get into yeah. the playoffs. Well, I think the Penguins lost. I think that's Yeah, it, it was the Penguins loss that got them into the stand. And, and they were going to clinch them this weekend regardless, I think. It didn't matter. Someone was going to lose, or they were going to win. I, I, I honestly think we'll beat Toronto. We'll see if this prediction. You'll, you'll soon see in a few minutes whether that prediction came true. But um, I think we'll beat Toronto. We didn't beat New York at home, but it's a. This is the toughest home stand, in my opinion, of the season. The absolute toughest because you got to go New York, Toronto, Boston, and oh boy, um, Ottawa, Boston, and then Tampa. Tampa. So then Tampa. So you're playing, so New York, number three team in the Metro. Toronto, number two team in the Atlantic. Boston, number one team in the Atlantic. Tampa Bay, number three team in the Atlantic. You're playing the top three teams in the Atlantic division back to back to back. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough stretch, but after that, it does get a little bit easier. Granted, not every game is going to be easy. No. But it does get easier in the fact that you're starting to play lower level teams. And you know what? And New Jersey had a problem with that last night against Buffalo. Yeah, but you know, Buffalo is also, I don't really consider Buffalo a lower level team. You have high power offense on that team, you got players who score. So and this, this kind of goes back to what I believe about the New Jersey Devils. They try to, they're, they're very similar in design, my opinion, to the Colorado Avalanche. They try to outscore their problems. Well, I would say Toronto. Yeah, I think so, too. I think Toronto's a good example. Um, Toronto, Colorado, and New Jersey, I think, are all the same breed. They like to outscore their problems when they can. So their teams are built. Now, of the three, Colorado's got the better defense, for sure. Oh, they do. Devon Taves, Kale McCarr, uh, Samuel Girard, the list goes on with the, the defense there. So then you go to here, you know, with the Devils. I, I think the Devils, at the end of the day, don't really have a defense that's stellar it's fine you have ducky hamilton and i'm not people like to trash ducky Hamilton. whatever i don't care i think he was a great hurricane which is how i tend to look at things um and he wanted to get more money and you can't really blame someone for getting more money no that was his call i don't think there's any ill will between the two teams carolina just wasn't ready to pay nine and a half and i wouldn't have paid it either oh yes um i thought it was a good choice to move on from ducky hamilton yeah and you got tony d'angelo who had a better year had did better with Carolina than Dougie did. And then you go to Brent Burns, who did better than both. So I think that's just what you got to look at. Carolina's paying less for more. And that just makes sense. When you got to gotta try to build a Cal Stanley Cup caliber team, you got to find ways to do better. Uh, but I think that's an example of that kind of game. That's where New Jersey's going to struggle. Carolina is the type of team, even though the Devils did beat us last time we played, I I like our chances against the Devils because I like our style of play matching up against New Jersey. They're going to try to outscore their problems. The problem is Carolina is a shot suppression team and they're a defensive-minded team. That's not New Jersey. And we saw, even with these two games against the Rangers, we saw New York players very uncomfortable playing the style of game and that we dictated what style it was. Shostarkin just won them, in my opinion. I think he won them the game in Raleigh. Uh, yes, I think there's a very good argument for that, um, especially, I think, the third period um, at home. Uh, New York was clearly the better team, but we'll get to that game 
Um, th- the next news I want to get to, it's more of a heartfelt type of news, is that Svechnikov, I mean, he sends a heartfelt message to, to the fans on Instagram. I'm sure you saw that. Yeah. I did. I a little bit got emotional when I saw that. Cause this is a guy who has a very high comp- compete level, and he wants to be on the ice. I mean, look, you when I you were, I think you were getting ready for the night to go to bed, and I... You know, I knocked on the bathroom. I was like, "Sam, Sam, Svechnikov." I think think they they think he tore his ACL, and you're like, "What? No!" I, it was just the. It, it was heartbreaking for fans because it's it call. It, you can call me whatever you want. I, I'm not convinced the team as is without, especially without Svech, can win a cup. But it's he brings it's so much to the team. He does. It's not just his play. It's his personality. It's the fact that the players and the fans and everyone loves him. That's why he's here for the next six to seven years. I forgot where we're at on his contract. Maybe it's six. Yeah, I think it's six after this year. It's six. Um, it's just... It's so hard to see a player like that. It, it, you suffered two injuries this year that have just demoralized the locker room for an initial period of time, and that's Svetch and Pacioretty. So... You hate it for the kid because he wants to go out there and compete. They've been, you know, you got to look at the pros here. He's here for the next six years. It's not his only shot at this, so it's disappointing. I'm, 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 I'm very sad. I love Svetch. I love to watch him play. I love his compete. The physicality that the Hurricanes don't have a lot of became less. It's just his whole game fit what this team needed, and you have to look at it, the reality. If you just want to talk about numbers, you've got two players in Pacioretty and Svechnikov. That's about 50 to 60 goals that's now out of your lineup. That's a lot. Because if you assume they each score between 20 to 30 goals, that's a lot of offense that's just gone. That's two top six players that you don't have anymore. And then you still don't have Kasha. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever play for the Hurricanes again. I think it'd be great if he came back for the playoffs just to give you some depth options, especially with Svech out if you can get Kasha. I think that might be at least, I think Kasha's between a 15 to 20 goal scorer. So bringing Kasha in would be helpful if he can play. You would like to think if there's a playoff game and he's healthy, you would think you would want to take a shot at it and win a cup. So you can always hope because I think Kasha's better than, I think Kasha's better than Drury when it comes to skill. I think he's better than Stasny. I think he's better than Stepan. So I hope. I would like, I really like to see Kasha play in the playoffs or maybe play a couple games down the stretch i doubt it i really do but i would love to see it happen yeah i doubt it too but um it does give you more options another thing too because we're recording this before the weekend games um i do want to touch on is that stasny is not going to be playing tonight against toronto and i'm a little bit surprised by i understand um, the game against the Rangers here at home because you won. You want to keep the same lineup, yeah. but we lost I'm against a- the Rangers. So I think I would have thought adding Stasny in would be a good reasonable. So what doesn't make sense to me, and I'll be honest, it's if Drury's so much better than Stasny, why hasn't he played all season in Carolina? It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to put Drury in, not Stasny. At the very least, I would probably take Stepan out before I would put take Drury out. But I mean, I, I just I think Drury, I right think Drury, um, ever since he called up, got called up, I think he has played better than uh, his first time here in Raleigh. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, do. We'll just have to wait. He and got see. a goal against Winnipeg. Yeah, he got an assist, I believe, um, in another game. I wonder if it was at the Rangers. He got an assist on. I can't remember, but he's gotten a couple points so far, being up here in the second round with the Hurricanes. Yeah, we'll see what he does. Uh, I just think you need to get Stasny in. For sure. I do too. I think you're going to get more offense with Stasny in the lineup than uh, Stepan. Yeah. I, I just think Stepan's the odd man out. I like Stefan, I really do, but I do think Stasny offensively is better. But yeah, so uh, getting back to that message of just Sveshnikov just saying good luck, boys. Just and he's gonna be was there. really good, and he'll be there. He'll, and he'll, he will. He'll be he'll be around them and in the locker room and 
in the press box watching them and cheering them on. So for sure. And that's what I love about this team is they, they, they're a family. Yes. And, uh, another piece of news he's getting closer is on to Ronta. I think so right now, I think Freddie's your guy. I do too. I've always thought Anderson is the goalie, uh, to win you the Stanley cup out of all three. And I, I honestly do. And in general right now for, cause Freddie's playing great right now. I believe, and I know Adam Gold kind of agrees in this facet, I think Kachetkov is your highest-end goaltender. I think if they're all playing their A game, Kachetkov's the better of the three. I would have said before Ronta got hurt that Ronta was playing the best of the three. But right now, I don't blame Anderson for that New York game. Anderson was fantastic. <laughs> he probably kept the you know, just like Shostarkin kept them in the game. Um, Anderson kept Carolina in the game, too. That's why the game was low scoring is you had two goaltenders who were on fire. Yes. So um, we hope Ronta can get back to being fully healthy because I do think you're probably going to need three goalies heading into the playoffs. I think that's always a luxury. If yes. And Carolina's fortunate enough to have the three. It is. And um, another thing you wanted to talk about was the pride stuff. Well, it's not that I want to talk about it. It's that I think there's a lot of players who are being unintentionally demonized. It's almost a joke, really. Um, so the players in question that I just want to talk about are the ones that have kind of been in the news lately. Um, you and I have been unbelievably clear about our belief that anyone who wants to play the game of hockey should. I don't really care what your religion, I don't care what your political beliefs are. Uh, if you're great at hockey, you want to play hockey, and you're nice to people, go for it. So I just want to ask these people this, especially because there's been a, a reporter or two who have just absolutely tried to trash Reimer, Stahl, Mark Stahl, Eric Stahl, and a couple people have gone after Jordan Stahl. Like, do you really, okay, really? Are, are you that stupid? Can you really look your people, your, your fans, and so on in the eye and tell me that Jordan Stahl is a hateful person? Really? Because some of these reporters, they know him talked to him, they interviewed him. So I dare them to really look us in the eye and say, yeah, he's a hateful bigot. <laughs> are, are you just trying to get people to like your stuff? I, I don't understand. That's so dumb. Everyone knows, look, George Stahl is one of the nicest people on the planet. A great person. That is literally how everyone describes him. Great guy. Same with Eric and same with Mark. The Stahls are awesome folks. I know people who know the Stahls. They love them. They're good people. They care. I mean, gracious day, the Carolina Hurricanes have the Stahl Family Foundation. So the Stahl Family Foundation is literally in the arena every game. They give tick a box seat to a group of people who comes to enjoy the game. They they do a lot for the community, especially here, and they have for for a long time. The Stahl Family Foundation dates back to Eric. So you really want to tell me that these people are deserved of the hate and pure vitriol that's coming at him? No, I don't think so. Look, the woke mob is going to continue to attack these players. That's their choice. I don't care. Um, and that's my view on this. I, I love these players. And then the next guy, these are former Hurricanes. Otherwise, I would probably just try to keep my mouth shut. But at the end of the day, these all these players are, are playing with people, and you've never heard anything negative about them. James Reimer, the next player, put out a very well thought out and a statement on the matter. I thought everybody did. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, I agree with what Elliot Friedman said on 32 thoughts. I don't care what your beliefs are. As long as you treat people with respect and love. And are you telling me that wearing a Jersey is what defines you as a person? Oh, grow up. You're, you're just wanting attention at this point, and you're just wanting to make a big deal out of nothing. That's what this is. And if you all don't like that, I, I really apologize. I truly believe hockey is for everyone. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't really care. If you can stop the pug, I don't care what you are. I don't care what you believe or what your love life is. I want you in the net to stop the puck. I, I don't care. If you want to come to a Hurricanes game, please come to a Hurricanes game. Enjoy it. It's a great atmosphere. I don't care who you are. Enjoy the game. I tell everybody I know. Go enjoy the Carolina Hurricanes playing hockey. But 
James Reimer was a great guy. Why, 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 why is it now we think he's evil because he wouldn't put on a stupid jersey? That's so stupid. That's just unbelievable. It just, it just makes me shake my head and think like unbelievable. And even some of these reporters are been around these players, especially the one, you know, if they cover, you know, one, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. But if you, if you really hate these players so much, you're able to tell me that you, you've been around them and you think that I don't believe that for a second. I think you're just giving in to, to, to the mob mentality of these players are evil. And if you believe that, I, I don't. I don't know what I can. I can't help you. I really can't. I hope you keep listening to the podcast. I guess, but look, Sam and I are going to defend these players. We're going to defend all the players. It doesn't matter what you are, as long as you haven't been truly evil and nasty to someone, and have shown no regrets. And if you have been that way and you've treated people wrong and you haven't changed, then we'll call you out. We said when Tony D'Angelo, for example, got here. If he hasn't changed, it was going to be a problem. But he did. He fit in well, and Rod Brendamore wasn't going to allow something stupid to happen. And I think that's what the player like that needs, right? You need a Rod Brendamore, John Tortorella. I think he's with the two best coaches who could coach him in the National Hockey League, right? Just as This is just an example. At the end of the day, if you want to show you care about people, you do things that the stalls do. You have your own foundation. To help people, what, what the matters the most is how you treat people. Yes, and I think of all the players in the National Hockey League, one of the one of the especially one of the groups that do that, and one of the families that do that is the Stalls. And if you want to try to convince me otherwise, I, I can't help you. I think you're an idiot. I do. Stop. Stop trying to hate on these players. Stop trying to hate on this team. Stop trying to treat people like they are part of some sort of a cult because they don't agree with you. You preach tolerance and you preach a desire for community unless you disagree with them. Only hate on one side and it's not from the stalls and it's not from James Reimer. So I just tell people a jersey doesn't define you. A night does not define you. I would love to see every team truly say, you know, at the end of the day, doesn't matter who you are, come play hockey for us. That's what it is. That's all that it is. I, I shouldn't have to wear a jersey for you to feel that way. And if a player doesn't want to wear it, who cares? You're telling me that it's so important that at this point you have to infringe on their right to say no? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't have anything else to say other than stop the guys. One of these players is our captain. And one of these players is a former captain and former goalie. And I've had nothing but respect for Mark Stahl for his entire career. Stalls are some of my favorite players, some of my favorite people in the National Hockey League. So just just don't, or else at some point it's going to get to be nothing more than ridiculous. This woke mom needs to stay out of the National Hockey League. Just stop. I don't care. Please don't demonize these players. You've loved them for years, for years, for years, for years, and the Stalls have done so much for the community. Don't don't fool yourselves into thinking they're good, bad. They're bad people because they're not. Well said. Well, uh, before we get to the games, let's get to the sponsor for this episode. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot that's an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bets and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so first game, this is at the Rangers this past week. and It was really a boring game for the first two periods. Well, I, I I think the Hurricanes 
are going to have to play somewhat of a boring game of hockey. They're going to have to play like the New Jersey Devils. They don't have Devils. the offense. They're going to have to play like the New Jersey Devils of old. They got to play a and, trap game. And and the Islanders. Kind of yeah. like the Islanders play. Because that's what Carolina's strength is in their defense. They don't have the offense anymore. And yes, Ajo can take over a game. The problem is not consistently. But play that, you know, I hate the neutral zone trap with a passion. But you might have to do that to win hockey games. And that's fine. If it wins you a Stanley Cup, I don't care how boring the games are. It's playoff hockey. It's never boring. But... Yeah, I think I think you got to play that kind of style, and it makes teams like the Rangers very uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, so uh, first period, there was only one goal, and it was the Rangers who scored. Uh, so it was one to nothing heading into the second period. It was Tyler Mott. It was right off of a faceoff too that uh, the that Mott scored off of. It was frustrating. It was a I bit thought... of a breakdown in defense because I didn't really blame Anderson. No, that. I don't blame Anderson for anything that happened in either of these Rangers games. I honestly, it's just one of those frustrating things because you played so well in that period and the other team scores. Because I think Carolina was a better team from start to finish than this one. Yes, I thought they played a very complete 60 minutes of hockey. And, and I think we all knew heading into this game, it was going to be tough. Playing at Madison Square Garden it is brutal. It's tough. I wasn't actually, I mean, we won, but I was not really expecting a win just because of the history at Madison Square Garden, but we did get the win. I mean, second period, nothing really happened. It was still one to nothing. And then third period, We Carolina. go to Chapmandu. Yes. Third period, Carolina is Chapmandu from Stepan and Drury. He, he, he just showed amazing skating skills. Yeah. Trying to get past the defense and just rocketing off the post and then past Shesterkin. And then just a few seconds later, good feeling gone. Kako ties or takes, brings New York back ahead, and you're like, oh my gosh. But it was off of a bounce from Burns, if you remember that. Goal. It was just an odd one. Burns blocked a shot. It caram it caromed over to Kako, and Kako just put it in, basically. I think it was close to an empty net. So there's nothing that's going to happen there. It's just puck luck. Uh, but then again, a few seconds later, Carolina ties it again with Stefan Nason, who's been playing his best hockey, I think, really. Yes, I actually thought that Rangers game, if I had to pick one line that I thought was the best, it's that stall line. I thought that stall line played so good with with Foss and Nason. Yeah. And it was a great play, too, because Stahl was able to get in and pass the puck to um, Foss from yeah. behind the net. And, and Stefan was all alone in front of Shesterkin. All alone. Foss sees Nason... Um, all alone, and he passes it to Nason, who scores. So it's such a great team play there. Yeah. And it's Hurricanes, they tie it, and then you're like, if we can get a point, I think every Canes fan would be happy because mm-hmm. it's at Madison Square Garden. But with but just Hurricanes. under three minutes, I think it was like 2.30-ish mark, Tara Vinen, who I think might be starting to heat up a little bit because he's been looking good. And for the game tonight against Toronto, he's back on the top line. He hasn't played with Ajo in a while. Like it's the best. But thing we for know, game. but we know what those two players can do together. So I think you're gonna have. I think it's an all finish line, right? Natchez, Taravainen, and Ajo. Well, Natchez is uh, check check. Okay, yeah. check. My bad. But you have Tavo and Ajo. We know what goes on there, and Ajo and Natchez clearly have chemistry too. But you have here. From Burns and KK, a great play from Burns to Taravina, a great slap pass. Taravina just redirects it right past Shesterkin. Nothing he's going to do about that. And Carolina takes a 3-2 lead, and that's all she wrote. Carolina shuts the door for the last two minutes and 30 seconds. I don't even know if Shesterkin got out of the net for very long, maybe like a minute. Because the Canes kept putting pressure until probably they were able to get Shesterkin off the ice. Because they remember the last seconds of that game. Rangers are really trying to uh, uh, tie the game, but right when the buzzer um, stopped, it was a save from Anderson that I think was actually tipped out in front. Yeah. So, Hurricanes win it. I'm very happy. And another thing, too, about that Teravinen goal. I mean, Teravinen, he, he got that goal. That's excellent. He needed to. But I thought 
um, that article really showed just the high IQ Brent Burns has. Yeah. He found Teravinen in a great spot. He passed it very well to Teravinen. And he showed patience with the putt, too. Because, well, I mean, you can tell he was looking to try and get, hopefully, maybe a tip, and he was able to find Teravinen. I thought that was more of a Brent Burns play than Teravinen goal. Yeah. And I think that was great. But And, I, and I'm really hoping Teravinen truly gets hot moving on from this game and just this I, ho- I would like to see Teravine and play great tonight against Toronto and we'll have that conversation coming up soon too after we watch the game but um because you're going to get for this weekend just because of how it is and how we like to record y'all are really going to get kind of raw reactions from those last two games because these other two these first two we've marinated on for a couple of days where you're going to get Toronto minutes after the game and you're going to get Boston probably about an hour after the game so I think you're going to get some, um, some fun, some, some true reactions there. Because if you had my thoughts after this next game right away, <sighs> well, see, I was mad. Okay, I can tell you were. Um, and I'll talk about my reaction after we go through this game. So uh, first period, I actually thought Carolina, that was their best period out of all three of the periods against the Rangers here at home. And you had Ajo scoring from Natchez. And it was just a really good play as Ajo was able to... It was off of a rush, too, which I was really happy. Off of a rush because we know how skillful these guys are on the first line with Ajo and Natchez. Natchez just passes it to Ajo. You kind of... um, create a good skillful play by trying to just um, do some puck management there around uh, the Rangers defense and just find the, the back of the net. And this one, nothing hurricanes. I thought and second period, I know Panarin scored. I don't blame Anderson on that goal. I thought uh, with Panarin scoring, I thought that was more of a Brett Pesci. Type of issue. They didn't have a good night. Yeah, I don't think Pesci had a good night. Or Shea. I think that line was bad. I think Chatfield wasn't here. I, I really don't. It's rare that you go and look at a game and you're like, ooh, the defense was bad. Because this team's got the best defensive core, in my opinion, in the National Hockey League. But Carolina's defense was not good this night at all. It was really your forwards who were really doing a well, lot I of work. Well, I still thought it was pretty good. Again, you've only limited the Rangers to two goals. So that's something in and of itself. I think that's fair. I, I think really your best defenseman in this game where Gostas Bear had a great, great diving save. I mean, that saved a goal to stop the pass across. Slavin's always good. It's rare he ever has an off night. And Burns was fine, too. So I really think your middle three were the bad tonight with Che. Pesci and Chatfield. Chatfield, I think, had a really, really bad game, but I think that's fine. He's a younger player, and he hasn't played bad at all, really, this season either. So it's fine. You know, these guys are going to have off nights. I'm not going to hold it to them. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, heading into the third period, I thought Carolina played a very good 40 minutes. So even though it was tied, I thought it was a really good 40 minutes. But then third period comes, and it's all Rangers. Yeah, Carolina's team went they MIA. Were uh, they didn't want to play that period. Fox scores a goal. It's frustrating to have that happen. But at the end of the day, I truly felt like this game could be a come. You know, at the end of the game, I was angry. I was probably – I was cussing. I was, I was pissed. I was pissed. You, because you just don't like the Rangers. I hate, it, I hate losing to the Rangers. Is, so right? like when we go to games, I'm usually pretty – even at Hurricanes games, I'm subdued unless we're playing like New York or Boston. Because, one, you feel like you're having to – com- It's a rivalry. It's a game. rivalry feeling of a game, and you're having to deal with these, you know, away team um, fans. Because there's so many of them. And <laughs> so that kind of gets your juices going, too. But, um, you know, it was frustrating. But I believe what's, what these two games have taught us is that this could be Anderson's coming out party, man. Because he has not been great all season. He's been okay. The third period, 
Freddy if you want to have the highlights, if you want to have a highlight that come out of that third period, it was Freddie Anderson. He made very good saves. And that's something that you can build off of. Yeah. Because if your goaltending can get hot, then both your goaltending and your defense, I mean, you know your defense can be good. You just can't be making the mistakes that you had. Um, I think a prime example was the game at Toronto. There are so many mistakes that game. And, and Toronto's the kind of team that's going to capitalize on them. Yes. Uh, I, I, they're more skillful, I think, than the Rangers are. I think the Rangers are a well, well-balanced team, more well, well-rounded yeah. than Toronto is. But Toronto, they have such high-end skill. Yeah. So they're, they're going to burn you. But Anderson, if he can get hot and your defense don't, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, it's going to be very hard for the other team to score. Yeah, and I think Anderson, I think Anderson can lead you to a Stanley Cup. I do. If Carolina can perfect the trap game and the forechecking game, I, I, can they do it? Sure, they're the number one team in the Metro, number two team in the East, number two team in the entire National Hockey League. There isn't a team on the Western Conference Carolina wouldn't have home ice against. Do I think they will? I think the East is such a slugfest. I, I just, I, I believe this about the Hurricanes is currently constructed. Assuming they're 100% healthy with the core being 100% healthy. I think Carolina is one Timo Meyer-ish kind of player away from winning a Stanley Cup. And it's more evident with Fetch being out. Yeah, and I'm not here to tell you that. And you can't blame an injury like Fetch no. on anybody. No, 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 not at all. Uh, I've again. This was my thought about it before the deadline when we were healthy, other than Pat Chiaretti. So this is just the reality and my thought process here with these people. It's that you want a, and I'm not one to say, oh, it's one player costs you a cup. I mean, sure it. it and people will say, no, it's never one player. And I'm like, you're right, it's not. It's a whole team, but it's called missing a piece. Because if you want to take a look at the last three Stanley Cup champions, you have Tampa, Tampa, Colorado. What do they all have in common? They have a high-powered goal scorer on the roster. They do. And Toronto, I mean, Col- I mean Colorado has a couple. <laughs> you have McKinnon, you have Rantanen, you have McCarr. You have so many players on that roster who can put the puck in the back of the net. They don't have a problem not scoring goals. Um, and then you have Tampa Bay with Stamkos and Kucherov. Kucherov's just a goal-scoring machine. So, and then if you want to go back a couple of years before, I mean, Ovechkin, he's a goal scorer. That's why they won a cup. Um, again, you just look. Chicago, L.A., all these play teams that have won Stanley Cubs. Even St. Louis, if you want to go back to that year, they have Tarasenko. He's a guy who can put the puck in the net. They all have that in common. You have that one guy who's going to score the goals when it matters. And also the reality is the Hurricanes score hasn't shown up in the playoffs. No, it hasn't. But, I mean... To me, the biggest takeaway, especially after this Rangers game, because I saw a lot of heat on the Hurricanes, and I'm just like, you can't expect two wins back-to-back against the Rangers with Fetch and Patch ready being out. And I kind of expected a score like this. Rangers and the Hurricanes, I think, are pretty identical in the fact that they have really good goaltending and really good defense. Now, Rangers added with Patrick Kane and Tarasenko. I think that makes them better than us in my opinion but i mean i came into or or before these two rangers games i would add the the tough stretch and be like if we can just win one of the games against the rangers and and then take care of toronto boston tampa i'd say two out of the three then i think that's successful i think carolina needs to win tonight against I think Toronto is the easier of three and you think that's crazy but I do I think Toronto is the easier of the three I still think Tampa is better than Toronto but again but right now I think Toronto is better than Tampa as of right now because Tampa they've been struggling they've lost three games in a row Tampa has been struggling and they struggled against us but I expect them to come into our barn pissed because they're going to want to prove a point that they're not going to we're not going to shove them around twice so we'll see what happens? Ready to watch Toronto? Yes, I am. Wow, what a game that Toronto, the Toronto game was. It, it started out 
pretty well the first 10 minutes, and then it was all Toronto, and then I think it kind of came back in Carolina's favor at the end. But it was, it was craziness at the end, too. Uh, we'll get to that. So, first period, I actually thought the Canes played very good through the first 10 minutes of that game. You have Brent Burns scoring on a 5-on-3, which you need to convert on. If you're given a 5-on-3 power play, you need to convert, or else it will come back to haunt you. But they did. It's Burns scoring from Natchez and Goss' pair. And uh, one thing I do want to talk about, though, because, I mean, it was a great shot selection from Burns. He roofs it, yep. top shelf. Yep. Um, it's got Goss' pair, gets the assist, obviously. But I thought Goss' pair, boy, I think he's been one of the best defensemen lately yep. for the Hurricanes. He's Goss- been playing great. Goss' pair has been one of the, was one of the best players tonight. Um, on the ice, I think all around had a really good game. Um, Goss Despair has been stellar. Just he's just been good. He yeah. hasn't. It, and I think he plays a bit of a similar game to Chaffield because he's a fast player. Yeah. So I think his recovery game is maybe is if it's not up to where Chaffield's level is, it's pretty close. I, I do think Chaffield might have a, a bit uh, more of a. Um, played uh, of recovery mode than Gosses Bear does, but uh, Gosses Bear, he's been just very good for yeah. this team ever since we've gotten him. Oh, yeah. He's had a good week, for sure. Yes. Um, the next goal was Jordan Stahl from Marnook and Foss, and th- that took some grip because it was flying. That book was flying with some good forechecking ability, and then Stahl just comes in, and he just whacks at the puck. I believe he whacks at the puck in like midair. I think a little bit is what the goal was. But Stahl, he, he gets it and it's two to nothing. Again, this is actually within the first 10 minutes yep. of that first period. And then after the Stahl goal, from there to like part of the third period, it was all Toronto. Oh, it was. And I was, I was getting more frustrated at, um, the longer it went on, um, especially in the second period. But, I mean, even... Not a single hurricane on this roster in that second period played good except for Kochetkov. That was it. Everyone else was trash in that, that second period. There, there was, like, very little, if any, shots. I think there may have been, like, four in that period compared to, like, what, Toronto had, what, 20? <laughs> they had a lot of shots on goal in that second period. It was bad. Carolina was lucky to escape with them scoring just two. Kochetkov played lights out for this team tonight. Lights out. Best player on the ice, easily. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely was. Um, and, I mean, with Toronto coming into the second period, they're down 2 nothing. Uh, they come into the second period the way they ended the first. And Callie Yarncrook, uh, he scores to make it two to one, and Matthews ties it up. Now I've noticed whenever Toronto scores, there's always an off. You're in, the Kings are in the offensive zone, and they make a mistake. Netches he made a mistake on that Matthews goal. Mm-hmm. Don't know what he was doing. I think it was Pogliarvi that made a mistake uh, coming up near the right side of the boards that um, made Yarncrook score. So, a- again, you don't want to be making a lot of mistakes. I didn't think Natchez had his best night tonight. No, not really. I mean, at times he was flying, but... Uh, yeah, not his not his best performance. He needs to manage the puck better. And when he's on his game, he manages the puck very well. But it's yeah. just... We're seeing some of the old natures from last season creep in. We don't need that playoff time. No, we don't. Now, he does get the primary assist on the Burns goal, so he does get a point at least. But, again, there, it's not the natures that you want to see every game as you saw tonight no unfortunately and i mean i agree with you second period canes looked flat uh very flat and it and it, it really was frustrating um and going into the third period i think the hurricanes probably needed that intermission break mm-hmm. because absolutely. they were just absolutely flat and i thought 
even though there were points, I thought Toronto had Carolina on their heels in the third period. Carolina uh, regained their composure in that third period a lot better. Yeah, I think it took a little bit of time, but they got there um, for sure. So that was good. Um, Nason got a goal, and I think that's when Carolina flipped. So it's 3-2. to two. The Hurricanes are winning, and this is good. But unfortunately, and this is when a lot of the, the, the debate starts for this game, you have Matthews tying it up for a second goal. And there's a lot of discussion on whether this was a good goal or not. Refs, they, call, they blew their whistle, um, and this was after Kachekov made a save, but it was before Matthews. Shot the puck. And I don't think that should have been a goal. Nope. Because of the continuation play. Because if you're, if you're doing the continuation rule, then that puck wasn't going to go in the net because it was... Because the officials, they called... Um, they called the, the play, play dead. dead. They called the play dead before, before Matthews shot. shot the puck. That's a bad goal. The officials gave Toronto one. No surprise there at all. Um, honestly, I mean, it just these big market teams, you should get the benefit of the doubt. The officials hadn't done anything. They, they, they believed after giving Carolina the five on three at that point, they had to give everything to Toronto. And, that, and that's what they did. But Call, you all under do the that. guise of game management, other, you know, Carolina got this, so we can't let them get this. And this is the second game in a row when there have been three blatant trips on Natchez uncalled. The officials tonight, I really felt, were pretty biased this game and last game. For, well, uh, New York th- this Toronto. game I got frustrated because there were more obvious um, penalties that the refs didn't call. It wasn't just the Natchez trip. Nason was pushed into the net. He got a hit from their goalie. Toronto's goaltender, and a hit from like two or three other players to stay in the net. How do you not call that? Officiate the game. And then you get an obvious trip on the Ajo penalty penalty that should have been called. Again, you need to officiate the game, and you need to be consistent with it. Officiate the game. Don't manage the game. That is not your job to manage the game. Your job is to officiate the game. If there's a penalty, call it. If Carolina commits a blatant trip... You call it. If Toronto commits a blatant trip, you call it. You don't call it for one and not call it for the other because Carolina's already had a five-on-three, so we can't give them nothing else. And then call yeah. a, a weak call on us. No, you can't play that kind of game. Oh, like, and then you call Burns for interference? No, give me a break. Well, I did. I did. Other than the uh, Burns penalty, I thought the other penalties that we made was were penalties to be called for. Like the trip in the third period. I, think, I thought that was a trip. I think that's fair. It, the issue today was non-calls for sure. Yeah, it was just frustrating because officiating, it did seem like they were trying to manage instead of trying to officiate, which was the issue. But fortunately, the Hurricanes get it back with Sebastian Ajo, and then that's all she wrote. Carolina gets an empty net, and they beat Toronto and the refs. Again, at home. It's always Five fun. to three. It's always fun to beat the team up north. Nobody likes them. Yep. Ajo came up big late in that period. And I wonder if he was probably mad after the refs allowing yeah. that Matthews goal. But you know what? I like seeing that. I, I want to see, see more of these players express their emotions on the ice because I think when they express on the ice, they're better. Agreed. They're better players. Well, are you ready to go watch Boston tomorrow? It's Whalers night, so regardless, I think it's going to be a fun game. You might hear Brass Bonanza. I hope so. Man, I want to hear it ten times. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, yeah, so we're going to watch Boston, then we'll come back and review it. All right, that Boston game, that was some game. It was intense. Intense atmosphere, intense building, loud too many Bruins fans, you know, the regular when you play Boston. Well, the atmosphere already felt like a playoff game, but the performance on the ice, that's when the debate arises, at least through the first 40 minutes. Because first period, and honestly, I think through uh, the first 40 minutes, I don't think the Canes played a good game. 
They had a lot of puck management issues. So, first period, obviously, David Pasternak, he scores with an assist from uh, McAvoy and Orloff. And that was on a breakaway goal. And the reason why some people might say that was a soft goal is because he didn't actually shoot the puck. He whiffed on it. He whiffed on the puck, and Anderson didn't use a stick. So I don't. If if Anderson has a stick on the ice, that that puck doesn't go in. So yeah. And here's the thing too: should he have been on a breakaway? No. Our defense that period, I think, was really awful. I think defense sort of stabilized in the second period. I thought it was better. But first period, I mean, Boston, they were getting so many chances. Uh, it wasn't even funny. Now, here's another thing that I do want us to talk about is Frederick Anderson tonight. Um, he lets in a few soft goals. He lets in exactly three soft goals. Three soft goals. But he's also made a lot of really good saves tonight. Like I, So he was fine, but he wasn't good. So I, I honestly like how I put it on Twitter. You know, did Freddie make some great saves? Yeah. Did Freddie let in bad goals? Absolutely. Was he good tonight? I think it's debatable whether he was good tonight. Um, I think you're looking at a different score if you if Freddie is playing like Kochetkov played the other night. Um, I feel like Kochetkov won. Just how good he is with his stick would have stopped the posture not goal for sure. Um, so I, at least the first one. So, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I think Carolina has a goaltending problem. So, I'm hoping it'll figure itself out. I mean, if you get the Freddie Anderson of, you know, who played against, was it the Rangers was his last game? Because I thought he was fine. Um, it, I think it was against the Because he played the, the Rangers, Rangers twice. He played both games against twice. New York. yes. I thought he was good in both. I really have no issue with him there. So, you know, if that's the Anderson we get in the playoffs, I think we can be okay. You just need to hope for the best. But I, I don't think Freddie's been good lately. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully he gets better down the stretch right now. I had someone ask on Twitter, you know, are we hoping for a Ronta Kochetkov duo in the playoffs? I, I don't know. I, I don't know who I would want to start game one. At this moment, I don't have a goalie that I'm like, I'm Your guess to. is as good as mine when it comes to our goaltending. Now, here's the thing of having Ronta in net. He hasn't played for such a long time. I don't know how I feel about inserting him in a playoff game without actually getting a couple games I'm hoping he plays, and I'm hoping he plays a few. In fact, if I could, I would start Ronta two or three times in a row if we have some space in between games. So, you know, depending on where he's at and where the Hurricanes are for, for games, you know, we play Tampa, Detroit, Montreal, New York. We got days in between some games. So, you know, we've got a couple games against New York and Ottawa at home Sunday, Monday, or Sunday, Tuesday. I would start Anderson or Freddie or I'll get there. I would start Ronta both of those games if he's healthy. At least give him both of those games. But I don't think we send Kochetkov back down again. No, um, uh, I, don't, I really don't think there's any need to send him back down. Because at this point, you send him down, it's for like a week or two. And, that's like, and that would be like if Ronta is available Tuesday. So if Ronta's available Tuesday to go, then yeah, you send Kochetkov down, let him start in Chicago for whatever's left there. You bring him back on the 13th, but if Franta or Anderson start to really falter these last couple of weeks, then I think you don't have a choice but to pull up Kachetkov, and then you got to bench whoever's the worst of the two. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, that's our stance when it comes to the goaltending, and uh, let's, I mean, let's get back to the game for the second period. Jack Drury, he scores. I think that was a great setup play from Jalen Chatfield, who was able to find Drury open. Well, at least the stick open. And Jack Drury was able to convert. So that was really good. I was really happy for Drury to score. Uh, you get an assist from Traffield and you get an assist from Gossel Spare. So excellent. Again, I think that pair has been very good for Carolina. Yeah. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately... You get 
a soft goal from David Pasternak. Now, here's the thing. This was on the power play. And we, yes, we're going to talk about this. Before, that was a power play, or how they got that power play, actually, was a, a call that should have been a call on Boston for embellishment. Oh, absolutely. The officials and it was, got that wrong. And, and the thing is, is that I didn't really have any problem with the officiating, but that was such a glaring, glaring miscall. Like, I, I would, you know, say it the same way that um, Rod did. I mean, it's, it's tough because you're basically handing them a goal. When they're as good as, when Boston is as good as they are, you just gave them a goal. Exactly. Again, like, I will... Stand from what I say till the day that I die that I do not think officiating is the reason or officiating determines the result of a game. I don't think they do, but they, but because of the fast paced nature of the game itself, they can have an impact momentum wise. And that's exactly what they did. Yep. It was frustrating, and um, I'm not going to fault the Hurricanes penalty killers on that one. I feel like, again, it's, you know. But I also blame Anderson on that because that's something he should have had. It went right fivefold. And my gosh, his shootout goal, you include that in from, I believe it was Coyle. That was Mm fivefold. Three times he got beaten by fivefold. In the shootout, he was awful. I mean, yes, you did score, but you need your goalie to make some saves, too. Well, yeah. Here's the thing, though. DeBrusque, he came in speeding. And usually when a player is speeding, it is a bit harder to stop a puck. Um, I kind of blame the shootout both on goaltending and the players and Tara Vinan and Burns. It didn't help that we were not good in the overtime. But... Or, yeah, in the five, three on three, we weren't good. So, I mean, three we, on we, should, three, have we, it. we should have ended it in overtime. We're, I think, a younger team and a faster team. I think it should have been ended in the third period. And we'll go ahead and get to that, because third period, Carolina looks like a completely different team. Yeah, Rob Brindamore definitely lit a fire under their butts, and... You got to think anyway, and Carolina just scored like twice within probably five minutes of each other. If, yes, if that it was and, close. Yes, and one of, one of the things that Brennamore did is he, and I agree with him. I've had enough of terrifying him. He and what he did is he put Martin up, up with Aho mm-hmm. and Etchers, and I can't believe I am saying this. Sam. Yeah, no, I'm so. actually liking Martin Nook on yeah. that first line because of how badly. Terravine has been playing. Yeah, he was really, really bad on that first power play in the game. I mean, really bad. So, I mean, I, I like, I like the the reason why you know it wouldn't be an issue, wouldn't be a need for Martinuk on that first line if you have Smetchnikov, because you need that bigger guy who can go out there and manhandle people. I mean, that's what happened with Martinuk in this game, right? You had an extremely dirty play by McAvoy in the first period to horse-collar Martinuk and try and bring him down from behind, and Martinuk ends up tackling the dude to the ice. So, you know, yeah. you learn, learn your lesson, McAvoy. I don't saw be, the don't Hurricanes be a child. posted on that, which was funny. Yeah, McAvoy needs to learn not to be a child in that case, whatever his attitude probably Well, it was. wasn't just him. Uh, it was Swayman who yep. kind of gave him the glove, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, no, it you know, at the end of the day, Martinook provides some grit and toughness. So I think if you're going to put someone on that first line, I think in, in this moment of time with what we have to offer, it should be Nason or Martinook. You need a guy who can go out there and be a little bit on the rougher side, rough, you know, more rough around the edges, getting the dirty spots, grind away. That's what you get from, from Nason. That's what you get from Martinook. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed if at the end of the day you feel like you just need to do something. I think a crazy idea might be you put Stahl at center and Natchez and Ajo at the wing. I think you have options. Yeah, and the only thing with Terravina is that you hope once playoff time starts, maybe he gets back yeah. to. Because I, I I'm doubtful at this point that he's going to come back and play to the form that we all know he can play, at, play as this season. Yeah. I'm doubtful. I mean, we'll see. I think that he got hurt at the beginning of the season. I don't know if he's. I don't. I don't even know if he's healthy right now. Maybe he's not. 
So we'll see. At this point in time, I said the deadline of any of the roster players. The one I'm willing to move was Turbo, and, and I still feel that way. I, I don't see him returning after his contract's up. I'm starting to question if he wants to be here anymore. Um, again, that's just, I don't, I don't know. He does. And that's his personality too. So I'm, I'm, I am factoring that in just with this play this season. I don't know if he wants to be here. Well, I don't know what it is. My guess is that I think it's a focus problem with Tara Vianen, but I, I, your guess is as good as mine. I don't know what's going on with them. Um, but Canes come out in the third period. They look, uh, like a complete new team. My question was, is where was this in the first two periods? But you get a goal from Brady Shea. That was such a, just a nice goal. Shea, he gets 16. 16 goals as a defenseman. That is just wonderful. And also with lots of Svechnikov, though, he needs to probably keep it up. You're going to need other players to score. And this weekend, if you look at this weekend as a whole, other players have scored. Stahl, Nason. They need to contribute a little bit more with Svechnikov's absence, and this weekend they did. They scored. Both of them scored last night against Toronto. Um, and then third period, you have someone who's been red hot, which is good, and Sebastian Ajo scoring from, and actually a very good pass from Martinuk. I was really happy that he made a good pass to Ajo there to score, and you get an assist from Pesci. So... Hurricanes, I think, steal a point going into that third period. Now, they had a lot more chances, I thought, to where they could end it. Yep. But they didn't. Sadly. But I still was happy they got the point because in the grand scheme of things, if you can come away with three out of four points against one of the top teams in the Atlantic Division, I'm happy. Yeah. I really am. You played the top two teams in the Atlantic. You considering got you, four, you're so. not with with Svech, considering you're without Pacioretty, that's good. Yeah, like you said, I'll take it too, for sure. So yes, so those are our games for this week. Now, the three get stars to of the week. our three stars of the week. I have mindset in stone. I had uh, thought about a yeah. lot on the way back here as I was also listening to Adam Gold yeah. live. So um, I am going to, mine might be considered off the board, but it's mainly because they had performances that it stood out greatly to me. Um, I have my third star as Aho. I think he's just been pretty solid all week. Um, oh, he's your third. He's my third. I think Interesting. He's, been, he's been very good. Um, I don't always go with the guys who score goals. I think he's been really good all week. I think he's been consistent. I, res- I respect that. Um, my second star, my second and first star were really were tough to me between going one and two. My second star of the week was Pyotr Kochetkov. I, I you, you give him all of the credit for winning that game against Toronto. So that's two points. And then the weekend's looking pretty grim if you didn't beat Toronto. Um, my first star is Shane Gostas Bear. He he just had so many unbelievable moments. I mean, Toronto best game probably as a hurricane uh, against the Rangers. He looked good against Toronto. He looked unbelievable. I thought he was good tonight against Boston. He had a couple of good chances. He played well in the back defensively. Um, he's just so fast and offensively gifted. He's a guy that if you can keep in the offseason, I do it in a heartbeat. Give the man what he wants. If you can give him like a two, three year deal, give him a two, three year deal. Well, you know, just make it work i think he's a great great asset to this team and i think he fits in with the system really well the system works for him yes it does so uh my three stars to me number three um and and, i mean i believe he got a goal this past week yeah i think well maybe not not um actually you know what I'm going to change it because he did get a couple goals this past week. And I've really liked his game as Stefan Nason. Yeah, Nason's been good too. I think Nason's been playing very, very good hockey. My second star, defenseman, he was your first star, Shane Gossespierre. I think I agree 100% with what you said. He has fit in very nicely. I love that Chaffield and Ghost line. It's so fast and so good. I think both of them have a commonality in the fact that 
they both have, I think, good recovery skills. Both of them. So I'm really impressed with Gossip Spare. He's been, to me, very good. I hope we resign him. Really do. And my first star is kind of obvious because he's kind of helped carry this team a bit. And that's all hell. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with those. I think those are all reasonable. Um, again, I, I pick my stars maybe based a little bit off of different things than most people. Um, I just, I loved what I got. And you, you had Goss to spare too as one of your stars. So, um. I'll give an honorable mention to Jesper Faust because I never, never see a glaring mistake with No, with he doesn't. Sometimes you'll miss the net. He is, whatever, I but. think he is one of the best defensive forwards that we have. Yeah, and some, sometimes you'll miss the net, but I, he's not. The, we don't pay him to score goals. Yes. And, and uh, okay, one more thing I do want to talk about because um, I've seen a lot of people saying that, oh, he's going to replace Jesper Faust. Well, Curry. you know what? He was scratched for tonight's game. Pull Yarvey? Pull Yarvey. I have seen that on Twitter. I, I saw some things that Rob Rendemore made some comments that, he, that there was a guy not healthy. So I don't know if Pull Yarvey was healthy scratch or if it was a, you know, he's. We're going to sit him for Stasny because Pugliarvi has something, like he tweaked something. So they listed him as a healthy scratch. I don't know if it was a true, true scratch for the reasons that he hasn't really lived up. That's fine. I mean, honestly, if he doesn't mesh right now, I don't think it's the end of the world. So we'll see what they do at the end of the day, whether or not they re-sign him. Yes. Um, But, um, and this will be just the last thing I'm going to say. Um, I thought that fourth line was probably one of the best lines tonight, throughout the whole game. Uh, Stasny, Drury, and Stepan. Yeah, they played good. They were always pretty noticeable and in positive ways on the ice tonight. And, sure. and I mean, this might be a little bit harsh on my side, but you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if we let Paul Giarvey go. I just I haven't been impressed with him. I haven't. I mean, you never know. It'll be a determination if they can get him cheap. You know, it'll be where he feels he can make the most money. And at the end of the day, if there's a team who's interested in them, they'll make the move. You know, what did we trade? We didn't really trade anything for him that would be considered, you know, great. So I'm not concerned. That was you gave up nothing to get something that might help you. You never know. Maybe he'll turn it on in the playoffs. Maybe. Well, that's all we have. We hope you have had a good week, everybody. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time. Yeah.